Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we are tonight for a review episode. This week, we're going to take a look at, which I think is still technically the most recent WotC hardcover adventure. This is called Fandelver and Below, The Shattered Obelisk. This is sort of a weird adventure. I know good, bad, but weird because it basically takes the uh, Fandelver adventure that was part of the original 5e starter set and then marries it with an added on chapter that really extends this adventure from what was basically a starter adventure all the way now. It's a 1 through 12 adventure, which I think is interesting. And joining me tonight to talk about this adventure is Tom. Tom, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> back. All right. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while, but you know what? My, my RPG podcasting muscles, they have, yes, they have atrophied a little bit. <laughs> so I'm just going to be going hard tonight. I got a lot of makeup to do. So, okay, Well, again, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the mics. Uh, the, the, the holiday season is always difficult. I think just for us as a, as a entity, the RPG Academy, and then in, on top of that, we have a catacomb. So I've just sort of come to the, the acceptance that from like October to January, our schedule gets wonky. I, I try not to just let it stress me out. So I just kind of like, whatever, man, and just sort of like free willing. So you may have missed a while, but you really haven't missed that much because Ooh, of that. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we've had episodes of still doing detention, but it's been very sort of sporadic. Uh, we did very recently did a review episode with your buddy and my friend Jake. Um, we talked about the, the Planescape stuff. We got this one that we're doing tonight. Uh, we got a couple more in the works. We, I also got that, uh, the, the Deck of Many Things. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be doing a review on that as well. I haven't dug into it, but I did open it. That stuff is gorgeous. Like, I don't, again, it may be garbage, but it looks amazing. Yeah, it's a shame that got delayed before Christmas. It was supposed to come out before Christmas, so... Yeah, I oh, think well. I got the corrected version because I guess it was like a misprint issue. Yeah, That's what know. happened. But I'm pretty sure that I got the, the good one. But we're not here to talk about that. We're no. here to talk about this. Yes. He says holding up a book on an audio medium. So this is Fandelver and Below. I kind of gave it the quick high-level overview, but give me your just, not like Rainbow's impressions, like what is this? Okay, what is this book? This is a, another, you know, maniacal cash grab by i was i mean no 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 what this is is this is a reprint and a refresh of the lost minds of Fandelver. so if everyone else remembers the lost minds of Fandelver was the original og fifth edition product that came out with the fifth edition law um launch in the starter set so yep. this was a much loved adventure by many myself included love lost minds of Fandelver. But what this book does is it's a it kind of refreshes it, adds some new art, and then tacks on a this a, this kind of series of events called the Shattered Obelisk. So it's a level one to twelve adventure, and it's it's really geared towards you know people who just like Lost Minds was, but for people who are kind of new, that's what I'm that's maybe in my opinion, but that's what I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of feeling here, and it kind of gives people another chance to kind of dig into i say a chance to dig into the sword coast there's that joke that the sword coast is much overused in fifth edition but it's really been a while since it's been visited this may be the thing that kind of motivates people to you know come back to 5e if they've kind of 
kind of left, it's a good hopping on point back into fifth edition, if that's what you're looking for. But a big old adventure book. So I, I have said many times that I think that the adventure in the essentials kit is actually the superior adventure for people who are starting 5e. It was like the second version that came out. I do like the Fandelver adventure. My biggest issue was that the very first battle is almost always a TPK unless the DM understands that they're probably going to TPK everyone. And I will report that they have modified that first adventure to make it easier. So I that you don't... did not know that. Yeah, it's I was not, looking for modifications. Yeah, it's not a heavy, re, uh, you know, respect, but the way it's, way it's presented, I think it's it's a little bit more weighted in the player's favor than it was originally. But beyond that, it's basically the first four chapters of this. And again, I could be wrong, but my understanding is that it's almost basically word for word. It's the same adventure. It is the same adventure. Okay, and then I think it's interesting because what you said that they have tacked on. That is my biggest criticism with this adventure is that it is, it's basically two adventures that are tacked together. They did not, in my opinion, do a great job of sort of seeding the second part into the first part. And it's just basically, it's two adventures that you play in sequence, not a whole adventure. And I, I, I would have liked it much better if they had done a better job other than saying, there's some weird goblins yeah, And then later, those weird goblins, oh, it turns out it's this other thing. Um, as someone who's also playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 right now, I'm obsessed with that game. I think it's pretty clear that the people who wrote this were part of the same team that maybe talked to Lurian Studios, because there's some Mind Flayer background, people becoming infected, the whole yeah. thing. Like, there's, it's not the same, but there are some similarities between the Baldur's Gate 3 plotline and this plotline. Yeah, the... Your, I think that criticism you just brought up is probably my biggest criticism as well. I did appreciate the kind of refresh with new art for the and a few new maps thrown in there for the first adventure, but I was really hoping for just the smallest amount of tie-in to the next part because, like you said, it is two separate adventures. It really yep. is. I was really hoping... If they didn't connect it at all, what I was really hoping for was a connection to Neznar, the black spider that's the main villain for Lost Minds of Vandelver. I think it was because I have always enjoyed doing like big villains. Like that's like the mm -hmm. thing that I like to do in games. I, it's why I love Curse of Strahd so much because I love playing Strahd. And Neznar was the, and there's, there's also this aspect of nostalgia, but Neznar was the first like, bad guy that I got to play in 5th edition because I started with Lost Minds. And Neznar is super cool. He's an edgy, drow, evil guy, misunderstood. Love it. And I thought for sure, I'm like, there's got it. They got to connect Neznar to the next part because you think about it. He's a drow. You've got illithids, mind flayers, a, the underdark, all this stuff that would make sense. And there's nothing. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you could have, because th there's really, there's no motivation for the next part. I think if they would have tied it in, it would have just felt like way richer than it yes. did. So, so again, and out spoilers, I actually really like the Fandelfer adventure that's presented here. I think it's good. I think it's maybe even great for what it's trying to do, but I still think it's a disservice to not, 
marry them together. Yeah. So I, so I don't think, I'm not saying it's a bad adventure, but it could have been better with that effort. And it would have been effort to redo this adventure. It's essentially, they took an adventure they already had, made minor changes, if at any, other, you know, smart. And then they had this other adventure and they put them together. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think this was an opportunity to do something really, really great. And it felt like they just didn't want to put that effort or time. So no. that's going to be my, my biggest complaint is that I really wish they would have went back and seeded more things throughout to really tie it together. And that might have been the, a great way is to take the villain that's basically the first villain that's in there and then push Because the, it really is like, okay, we're done. Oh, and here's part two. But it's not really connected. And I just, I don't know, it's, it's like kind of frustrating to me that they didn't do that. Yeah, you think about one of the things that with Lost Minds of Vandelver, it's, and like I said this already, there is this aspect of nostalgia for a lot of 5th edition players. This was the adventure that got us all started. So we, I think there was a missed opportunity here to really kind of ca like capitalize on that nostalgia because yep. when it comes to like all these other editions, there's always these, you know, there's always these adventures that everybody remembers, you know, like you've got Tomb of Annihilation. You, well, that's a fifth edition, but like the, yeah. the Temple of Temple Elemental, of Elemental Evil, Evil, you know, the Red Hand Peaks, of Doom, the White yeah. Fire, yeah. All these famous ones. And with fifth edition, White Plume, that's what's meant. Fifth edition, you've got Lost, like the ones that I can kind of remember is like, oh, that was really cool. Lost Minds of Fandelver and Curse of Strahd. And like, other than that, there's none of them that are kind of just like have had staying power. So I think they could have really, if you would have taken Fandelver, you know, glossed it up a lot and then spat it out to people. I think, uh, I think that this could have been huge. I mean, the Fandelver stuff is great. It's good to have it in a hardback. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, yeah, this is a this is a, this is a tough one. The the um, I couldn't find any changes to it. You mentioned the uh, I'm the first again, part. maybe I'm wrong, but because I, I did some reading online as well, I'm pretty sure the way that for, well, for one I know is that the horses that um, in the in the original uh, version and again you maybe know better than I that when they come along with the ambush site, the the horses are dead. And the yes. horses are blocking the road. In this version, the horses are not dead. They're still alive. They're just sort of wandering around, which allows for a wagon escape. Like okay. if, if this battle starts going the wrong way, you can just keep the wagon going and get by. Where in the first one, you had to get off the wagon. You had to approach oh. the horses. And it also basically kind of divided the party in a way. Like something in some things I've read on Reddit is that someone would leave the wagon and go up to the horses. That's when the ambush would start. You'd have, the, it wasn't like truly separate, like in different parts of the city, but you had like an easy target for the goblins to attack that were there. And there was no way to get the wagon around or turned around quickly. So by just moving the horses from dead in the road to standing by the side of the road, you allowed the people in the wagon just to go yeah and get away if need be. Oh, okay. That, that kind of, that kind of makes sense. The, only other like obvious change here is that you kind of mentioned it. They do introduce what you would call the Psy Goblins, the Psy Goblin Brawlers. And then there's one other type that they added that I can't remember. And what these goblins are. So Lost Minds of Fandelver, it, it kind of 
it, it's like I said, it kind of goes with Neznar the Black Spider, but he hires different groups of people to help him kind of sow chaos, distract everybody from what he's doing at the mine. One of those groups is the Kragmaw Goblins. Okay, this is a group of goblins that's causing problems for the region. And so what they did with this is that they introduced some Psy Goblins. These are psionic goblins that are tied to the illithids and the Mind Flayers. They have like elongated features and like a green sort of glow. And that's really basically it. That is basically it. And it's not like they've changed the adventure at all. They kind of just say people have seen them. Yeah. And that's it. And you can... I was like, huh, what? So like sometimes you're talking to NPCs and they will mention these weird goblins or these green glowing goblins. Or when you, even when you're interacting with the goblins in Cragmall, they might reference these other goblins. Like that's kind of it. It's just like this very like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to call it a first draft. This is a yeah. first draft version of, well, how do we tie it together? Well, we'll just have other people mention these weird goblins that you don't even have to bring up if you don't want to. That's, yeah. That's weak. That's weak sauce. It is. I, I The... Beginning does, like I said, it includes a lot of new great art, which I thought was, I thought that was awesome because they didn't just recycle, they recycled a lot of art, um, a lot of maps, but they added actually like more maps and stuff. Also, they didn't even include all of the, I will say this too, they, they actually took out some of the beginning part of the adventure. So they, they don't give you all of the, there is like extra adventure hooks and information that is in there. Oh, I'm looking here right now. I'm looking at the the goblins that that first. Cause I pulled up the adventure because I wanted to see what the differences were. That that beginning part, and it looks like yeah they added up. They took away a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's way more tactical. It's like. The the first the first adventure is like okay the the original print was like okay take two goblins forward engage they keep two back shoot arrows at them and then run forward and it's just kind of like okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, it, I I do think the art's great again just flipping through it I, uh, I I think the art's really good in here I I do find the adventure again I'm I've, I very much focus on the first half that the original adventure uh, because I think as I mentioned I'm running this currently with my two boys and they have two friends so I got a party of four uh, we are we are playing through it I don't normally run modules this is kind of an adventure for me to do that as well we got through the first section which is chapter one which is the background introduction first battle and then there's like a dungeon crawl where you rescue some people and then we get to chapter two where you kind of have more of the role play. And the adventure is that first four chapters, which are the basically the fandover part, are very much a almost like an NPC cutscene, dungeon crawl. NPC cutscene, do some role play that yeah. leads to a dungeon crawl. And it's just very kind of formulaic like that, which again, if you're new, that's probably good for me. I, I want it to be a little more connected so it's not almost like a clear difference of a game like okay we're playing the dungeon crawl now and now we're playing the the role play stuff and now and i think that it does that not bad like i think the dungeon crawls are are pretty good so here's my complaint and and this i may cut all of this out because this is very specific to michael okay you you have ran this adventure right you ran it when you first started so you you i've ran it like three times okay perfect i personally did a bad job of running that first dungeon crawl. 
I was try, I wanted to give my boys the the 5e experience like okay I'm gonna run it kind of as is and I didn't Michael it up a little bit and I think that was part of the problem it's not that the adventure was bad but it's that I tried to run it as is I sort of take took away my own instincts and then I did a poor job of running it if that makes sense I'm putting the blame mm-hmm. here on myself so the way that first dungeon works essentially is that you go into the 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 cavern there's the river coming out and it talks about um, the lighting situation. And there's like a goblin up on a bridge that's sort of like the lookout, right? So I tried to express to them like, hey, you can't just go bursting in here because then, you know, all you're going to alert all the goblins. But what ended up happening is that the sneaky character went in kind of alone and then that set up the entire rest of the adventure where I basically I had like two characters that were like the fighter and the barbarian didn't get to do anything because the two that were more sneaky were like, well, we got to be sneaky because we don't want to alert everyone. So the sneaky people would sneak into a room and then they would start the, the, the battle. And then before the barbarian got in there, everyone was dead. Like literally my barbarian did not get to hit anything. The, oh, entire, no. the, the final battle, I threw in an extra guy because I started realizing what was happening. And like he's like, yeah, I had fun, but you know, I would do the debrief. But basically, the barbarian character is like, I didn't get to do any cool stuff. And if Michael had wrote that adventure, I would have just thrown in some extra hit points. I would have created a new character. Like I would have done all this extra stuff to make sure everyone got their spotlight time. And I didn't do that because I was trying to run it by the book. And that first adventure turned out to be kind of a dud because of it. So I, again, mm. my, I'm at fault. But that's one thing to keep in mind for anyone listening. If you're running this adventure. You may want to make some modifications because the way I ran it, it was kind of like realistic and tactical, but it wasn't fun for uh, half of the players. That sounds like a player problem in my I, opinion. These are all brand new players, though. Like they, uh, like one of them had never played before at all. This was his first adventure. That makes, okay, so that makes sense. It's, I, that's the kind of the beauty of RPGs. It's going to go different at every table. Like you think mm-hmm. about all the different plethora of characters that could, people could bring how different people play the game it could just go so many different ways and also you do like you were saying you got to think about your own play style this is very the first the lost minds of fandelver is not complicated all right it's it really isn't so if you wanna there's a lot of room for changing it me personally i like to run games as written i get more enjoyment out of that my players now at this point, though, I'm not playing with new players anymore, even though we did play this at the very beginning when none of us had played. But all mm-hmm. my players kind of know how I run games now. And so everybody's kind of adjusted to that. And they all know I run g- games as written in the right. book. So we kind of all we all just kind of vibe with that. Right. That's why I really that's why I personally really like simple adventures, because I like to run them as written so i really liked i always like lost minds because it's simple i think that's curse of strata i like that one too because it's very simple and i'm going to transition us into the next half the next half of the, this book is not simple well i will one thing i want to caveat before we go there is because of the situation where i'm running a module that i don't normally run modules and i have newer players i'm actually going to go back and start using maps and minis I did okay. not run this first adventures with maps and minis. I try to do it theater of the mind and I don't think it worked very well for them. It also, yep. this isn't. So 
I'm going the next time, which the next chapter two is very role play heavy. There's like four or five different sort of like side quests. They can choose to do any or all or none of them. And then it kind of leads to chapter three, which is again, I think there's two dungeon crawls there. I'm going to break out the maps and minis and, and do that because I think then they're going to have a better idea of what's happening and it will allow me to still Michael it up a little bit and go, okay, the barbarian hasn't had a chance. Guess what? There's a secret passage here now and three enemies come up from behind. Guess what, uh, barbarian? Time to shine, buddy. Maps and minis. That's a good point. This is an actually, this is a very easy game to run with maps and minis. Um, the maps are very, they're very squared and modular. So it's yep. very easy to drop them in. Uh, I actually completely forgot when I've ran this, I've run it with maps and minis. I don't run my games with maps and minis anymore. I don't either. But, but I have all my maps from this game because when I was when this came out, um, the engineering firm I was working for had a giant plotter. And so I mm. printed off all of my maps on the plotter. So I had like legit, full color, nice paper, like thick mats. It was awesome. And then... I realized this is a lot of work and I stopped doing it, but I have all my maps for lost minds. And so actually one of my players now has actually got the shattered obelisk. He's running it for his group. And so oh, he's nice. going to be borrowing some of my maps. So, so there I was you go. one of those people that went to Ollie's and bought like six copies of the, uh, the campaign cases, nice. both for terrain and for monsters, uh, mostly for a catacomb so we can have them for people to use. So I have enough of those modular tiles that I'm going to pre draw the maps nice. on the tiles and then I can piece them together. So that way they still get the exploration. Like they're not going to see the whole thing, but I don't have to worry about like trying to cover pieces and parts. So that's, that's my plan. So anyway, so yeah, so just to cycle back, this is two separate adventures. The Fandelver adventure is pretty good. Like I'll say right now, I would probably give the Fandelver adventure like an A minus B plus as a whole. I think yeah. it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It, it's a good starter adventure. If you've never ran before, you've got some simple battles easy to use the grid there's a lot of variety this chapter two where the you basically get to the city you have again a five or six different side quests that you can talk to people or not i'm going to encourage my players to do that they're all kind of interesting but they do basically all lead to combats in some way or the other but then you have this separate adventure that's tacked on so my com my complaint isn't the adventures it's that they don't they didn't meld them together into one long adventure they just basically said and then this happens Okay, yeah. you've read more about the second half than I have, so please share with us. You said it's not simple at that point. It's not. So I, um, because I've, I'm so familiar with the first part, I really wanted to read what what's the new stuff, okay? Sure. And a kind of a high-level overview here is the after Neznar is defeated at the Wayback Cave, the players return to Fandelver, and there's chaos because yep. these psionic goblins are doing stuff. Turns out they are working... For the mind flayers to find pieces of a shattered, shattered obelisk. obelisk. There it is. Okay, so they said the title. All right, so the <laughs> they're looking for pieces to the shattered obelisk. Le Leo, Leo DiCaprio meme pointing at the screen. Ah, there. Yeah, okay, yeah I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the the so that's the first part where you're kind of confronting these psionic goblins, and then you realize once you confront them in chapter five, you realize that there's something bigger going on here. And then you realize that actually you need to go find these pieces. And so before these, whatever creatures are looking for them gets them. So you go on a search to find the pieces. And that's what the next chapter is. After that, 
you realize that you get the pieces or you don't get the pieces regardless. You have to go underneath a Fandelver because there's an old, you to the Underdark to find these Mind Flayers and to stop them because they're looking for this, assemble this obelisk to open up a portal to basically release their, like, god into the Forgotten Realms and turn everybody into Mind Flayers, okay? That's the overarching narrative here, the story, okay? The first two chapters of this section, chapter five and chapter six, I thought, were super great. I really liked these because they still felt like Fandelver. They still could have, they really kind of felt like you're still in the same locations that you were just in. You're just kind of exploring more of the region. And then chapter six, that's where you kind of start to figure out some underdark stuff. And there's a series of dungeons. I'm not really a dungeon person, but these dungeons were really cool. They're like a couple of connected dungeons. They're smaller too. So it's like connected smaller dungeons. And there's lots of cool things in there. And there's a super edgy Mind Flayer warlock <laughs> that I was actually like, I don't really like Mind Flayers, but this one but was super, super cool. edgy. You know, super I mean, cool. He had, like, ad- he had attitude, and I really like that. So, but then you get into the next chapters, seven and eight, and they were rough for me because okay. this is when the game starts to break down here. Because, like I said, I like simple. And seven and eight, you start getting into this... Everything gets bigger and bigger and everything escalates and gets more complicated. The dungeon gets more complicated. You got to do a fetch quest in a dungeon and then you have to go to some outer realms and things get weird. And when things start to get weird, you can't do weird for long. That's what I found because what's great about Fandelver, it feels still like this like semblance of like medieval Europe and this like what we're familiar with with fantasy tropes. When you get to weird, weird's cool. But when you have just weird, and then it just kind of gets, you're like, I want to go back to this other stuff. Like, I'm tired of playing in space. I want to do Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons. Like, And so the first part worked for me, but overall, it just didn't. So I think, again, part of this is like high-level D&D play. Like, you know, how do you, how do you sustain the higher levels, which again, I have limited experience with, but you can't just keep fighting goblins that are tougher. You know, there's got to be things that you're doing at ninth, 10th, 11th level that feel different. And I think this is one avenue, but I agree with you. I, I think it needs to be minimal. And again, just tie it back to Baldur's Gate 3, because I'm playing that a lot right now. There are times where you go to these other realms, but it's usually a short thing that you do inside of other things. It's not like you don't spend hours and hours and like levels and just these whole adventures in these weird places like the astral realm and the Feywild and stuff. It's like a small section, subsection that you do. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the sort of the, the tasks of the, the mid-levels is, again, you're trying to find the pieces of the shattered obelisk that other people are also looking for. But is there any of these these livers that is like known where it is that the players can just go, oh, that's what it is, or they're all like hidden someplace, but there are clues to find them. Is that, is that accurate? They do find some clues, like some, there's characters in this, they can interrogate and say, oh, it's here, okay? Okay. And they have to go get them. So uh, th- for me, that's the one thing that I really, because I, I remember reading that, but I, you know, I was skimming, so maybe I was wrong. 
I think you should take, this is advice to the GM, I think you should take at least one of those pieces and just put it somewhere that's freaking obvious. Like it's it's above the bar. There is one in the bar. There is one in the bar. But but is it like obvious that's no, where it is? No, it's not okay. obvious. Because I want that moment at the table where all the players are like, do you think that that yeah. thing in the bar could be one of these things? Like, I think that is a very cool moment to have where once they maybe find one of them that's hidden, they're like, this looks just like that that thing that's in the bar. This is the thing that's, you know, they're using it. The, like, I don't know. I just, I think that's a missing piece of at least one of them. Now, you can make the argument if, it, if it's that obvious, that's the first one that other people would find. But it's a story. You're making it up. You can do whatever the hell you want. Make at least one of them obvious. It's visible. People see it, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. Then let them put the pieces together and go, oh, and then you can have this cool like race to it. Maybe the battle isn't at the place it's on the way. I don't know. Definitely what one thing I would do differently is put pick at least one of them, make it just obvious that's where it is. And you could see it in like chapter one or two. Like they see it in the bar in chapter two, not chapter five. Yeah. I mean, those are the cool things. I think those kind of very simple things, those are the things that work really well at the table. The I think chapters six and seven or five and six worked great because I, they're still simple. They have some great NPCs in them, people to interact with some really cool psionic goblins that actually have a lot of character. And then also, like I said, the, the one mind flayer in this game that is not just like, Ooh, elder God. Like he's got like, he's got other things going on. And then after that, it's just, it doesn't, also, I have run a really big nitpick here. Okay. On page 103, specifically, there is some amateur-esque writing in this book, okay? For a book that's, like, actually, like, published by one of the biggest ones, it bothered me to no end that within, like, four paragraphs, like, it starts off, they say that, um, they say at the begin they say at the beginning in the first paragraph of chapter 103 it says however an unsettling truth has emerged and then the next chapter the next section is called the sinister truth so it's like we have unsettling truth and then sinister truth and then there's another truth and it's just like you can't just put do adjectives in front of truth and like <laughs> say it's good like that's like some middle school stuff it really is and it just bob it just bothered me. Okay, fair fair enough. That was a, just a big nitpick. I have another question for you about the NPCs. Again, this this goes back to there are NPCs that are introduced in the latter half that are not present in the first half, and they're supposed to become like prominent people that you care about. Could they not have been seated in earlier, or take the people who are in the first half that you already meet? And then yep. keep them throughout. Because again, I, this is where I feel like this is two adventures that are just like anded together rather than combined organically. Uh, that's another thing I would suggest you do. Some of these NPCs that you've seen in the later half, put them in, the, put them in earlier. Just have them be there so that yep. you at least introduce them before they just show up and then become super important. Don't all the new NPCs in Fandelver that are introduced in the second half, don't use them. Use the NPCs that were in the first half. Because those are the ones that you've already been using. And there's plenty of them. So. Okay. So we've been talking a lot, but I mean, I think overall still, we both think these are pretty cool adventures. The biggest disappointment still is that they just, 
they they put them in one book, but they're not really other than very high level arbitrarily smashed together. They are actually two separate adventures yes. rather than one. And I think if they just if they had done the work, like you said, and take the NPCs that already exist and make them the important ones, or or seed the other ones in earlier, this could have been like a freaking amazing adventure. And as it is, it's just like two good adventures that are put together. So yeah. either you are asking the DM to do that work that they weren't willing to do, or it's just it loses something. So art, pretty darn good. Adventures, pretty darn good. Maps, pretty awesome. But I can't yeah. give this overall like a solid A or certainly not an A plus because they're, they just yes-anded it instead of mixing it together. It's one of those things, too. It's like the first, like you said, the first part is great. I like the first few chapters of the second one a whole lot. Like I, chapters five and six are awesome, all right? But this may just be a personal preference, but... I don't like D&D in space or with like weird Cthulhu creatures. Like I'm going to play a different game. I right. want D&D to be about, you know, wizards and castles and dungeons and that's dragons and things like that, like traditional fantasy things. And once we start introducing very strange kind of, you know, I would even say like, I like when they do like angels and demons and stuff like that. I think that stuff's cool. But once we get into like aliens and everything, I don't know. It just d doesn't work for me. Uh, again, I, I think that is somewhat preferential to you, but I don't yeah. think you're the only person that has that that feeling. Um, so to kind of circle back around, first rating is just for the first half. So the first four chapters of this book, which is essentially Fandelver written again, what's your rating for this adventure? Okay. A plus. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I mean, look, I don't, I don't do this podcasting stuff anymore, so I got to get my hyperboles in, you know? All right. So A plus here. I, I love Lost Minds of Fandelver. Like reading it, I'm not kidding. Reading it is like, eh, I kind of want to run this again. It's just, it's so cool. It's what I want from D&D. &D. There's a dragon. There's some dungeons. It's cool. I, I still think it's like S tier D&D. &D. All right. I would give it a solid A. I, I'm not quite as, as well up on you, but I also haven't ran it all the way through like you have. I've read all the first four chapters. I'm preparing to run it, but I have not. That first dungeon kind of gave me some weird feelings. Again, I'm saying it was my fault, but uh, still he's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for it a little bit, but I'm very excited about continuing it. Okay. Second half, chapters five through I think 10. Is, mm -hmm. Okay. How are you rating that? I mean, you already said the first half is really, really good, but then it gets really yeah. weird. So what's your rating for the second half? So I want to give it an F, but look, that's not useful for people who are listening to this. Like it's no. not. Okay. So it's so this is this is hard for me because like I said, I really, really liked chapters five and six. And it's just at the end that it breaks down. And I'm not of the opinion that you should, you know, just be like, oh, yeah, just take those and end there and take what you want. I'm like, no, you buy this product, you should expect to get good all the way through. So for that, I'm going to go ahead and give this section, I'm going to give it a C. Okay. I just don't, I don't think they land the plane. All right. I, I have not read it as thoroughly as you. I've, I've read all, I've skimmed all. Um, I'm looking at like a B minus here. I, 
again, I don't have the same issue that you do, but it's also not my favorite flavor. And I just, I'm constantly like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this? So it's like my expectations and the, the potential is I feel like they just, they had a potential here and they missed it. Still love the first half, second half, not as excited. But then the question is, you put it all together as, as a whole product. You got, it's, it's, it's a technically one adventure, even though it's not. What's your overall rating for this as a whole? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a B. All right. And the reason I give it a B is not just because of the averaging or whatever. Um, it, there's that too. But I think that it's good to have Vandelver in a hardcover. There's mm-hmm. just something I've ran it so many times. And even, just being a starter set, a starter set, you can buy them like so cheap on Amazon. It's just like they don't feel special. Like they just don't. But having it in a hardcover, there is something that's just great about that. So I would say like, if you like Fandelver, like you should get this. All right. Like if you've ran it and you love it, get it. You may be able to do something with it. I think that out of the books that have been released in the last two years, which I am openly said I'm not a fan of the books in the last two years. This book, though, is one of the better ones, and which is and I say that. Not because of the new material, but because of the old, old material. material. So there's that. So, yeah, a, a solid B. There's some good stuff here. Even in the second part, there's some really good, useful things. And if you're a, if you really like taking something and making it your own, there's some opportunity here. So I'm going to give it a B plus overall, but I'm going to mm-hmm. Michaelify that because of, I think. If you're brand new, which at this point, 5 e has been around for so long. I mean, I know we are still bringing new players in, but I, I still think, you know, I, I don't know what the speed new players are coming in anymore, but let's say that you're new to DMing. Okay, you've been playing for a while, but you're new to DMing. I think you can take the first four chapters and it helps teach you how to run the game, just much like you did. Mm-hmm. Then you can take your DMing hat and go, okay, I'm going to change the back half to make it fit what I want it to do. So it's kind of teaching you how to DM in the first half, and then it's teaching you how to kind of come into your own in the second half and don't necessarily run the second half as written. Run the first half as written. Don't run the second half as written, but take the pieces and parts, put them together in your own configuration. Take what you like, bring in other things, remove the, remove things. So it's like a D, how to DM guide. I think it works kind of well of start with the training wheels, paint by numbers, do what it says, and then as you go along, pull some of those support structures away and make it by the end, make it your own, even if it doesn't look anything like what the book says it does. So I still think it's good to play and have fun. And it's also good as a training process for how to become a DM. So I like it for that reason. Uh, cool art, it's a cool map. I just wish it wish it was better at the end. But end, endings are hard. They are. Well, speaking of the end, there is a there's a few things that I wanted to point out. Uh, there is the end of the book. There's a section called wrapping up. Okay, how you finish up the adventure. And there's some epilogue and some different things like that. There's like a, a nematode. Like those are like the flying chips, I think. So if you're not, playing not Bald- Lloyd. not Oh, not a Lloyd. Well, they mentioned the not a Lloyd too. So if you're playing like some Baldur's Gate 3, like you've been, there's some really good inspiration here. Mm-hmm. The other one, the other two notes that I have, there is a hilarious note. They are trying to get people. They I don't know why they love Radiant Citadel so much but it got it gets mentioned again here where they want like oh tie it in the radiant citadel 
don't just forget that about that yeah. adventure. Uh, but what's really cool is this thing called the Nether Sea, Netherese Obelisks okay. on page 201. Okay. Which is, this is so funny because they've been hyping this adventure up for like years. Like Chris Perkins would every once in a while say, ooh, did you see the new obelisk in this adventure? Yeah. And there's this whole idea of like all these adventures have had obelisks in them, but they don't even like really tie all those obelisks in. Like there's no tie-in. It turns out all those obelisks are what they call like nether sea obelisks. All right. Um, they're these obelisks created by these this secret group to kind of undo um, cataclysms, all right? Super cool lore here. And then they're like, but the obelisk in this is not one of those. <laughs> it's like, it's an obelisk made by Vecna or something. And they say that, um, so it's weird. I don't know why they went that direction. They should have just said it's from the Nether Sea. Um, but regardless, that's there. I think this is really cool lore. And they also mention where the other obelisks are. So if you're playing the other adventures, they got them listed here. So. Okay. Uh, quickly mentioned again, there's a story tracker in the back. Again, if you're pretty cool, kinda, it's better than nothing. Again, as a DM training tool, it kind of helps you keep track of the important things that they're doing, make some notes. Uh, the, it is based on uh, milestone leveling. Like it just will say at this point, your character should level. If you want to do XP, I'm sure if you figured it out, it probably work out to be about the same. There's also a big poster map in the back. Um, I'm weird about pulling those out, so I haven't pulled it out, but it looks like it's a, at least the side I can see, it's just an overview of the Sword Coast. I don't know what the back side is. The other side is Fandolin. Okay, so it's just a big map of Fandolin, which there's a small map of Fandolin. And if you're playing this digitally, I think you get those assets as well if you get like D&D Beyond or Roll20. Um, and then the last thing I always ask about is the alternate art. Um, as usual, I kept the alt art version. I sent Tom the other. I love it. This alt art It's is pretty cool. sweet. It's pretty I sweet. Was, I, I almost always like the alternate art, but this is one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, I actually, I, I think it's really cool. Um it's yeah it's 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 sweet it could be like i don't like nerd t-shirts but i'm like this would make a cool nerd t-shirt <laughs> it's very metal it's very cool yeah uh, definitely i like it quite quite a lot all right so just as a quick reminder again folks listening um we review a lot of different stuff here it's a lot of 5e because we are fortunate enough as i would say to be on the watsi reviewer list so if we didn't say it earlier thank you watsi because they did send us this to review uh, but we are happy to review non-Watsy stuff, but uh, you, we got to know about it. So if you just love something that you're like, hey, I wish more people knew about this, contact us. You can email us at therpgacademy at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be something you've created, but it can be. If you have created a thing, you're like, hey, I wish more people knew about this, uh, get in contact and we will see what we can do. Make no promises. So, Tom, any final words of wisdom before we wrap up? No, this has been, it's been real being back. Being back on the mics. So socials again. Where can people find you? Because you're trying to do some things on your own, uh, non RPG, not academy yet. related. Okay, that's coming. Not yet, right? That is coming. So eventually, and I will let you all know. Uh, so yeah, I obviously this is actually my first show back ever since you know I quit. All right, <laughs> you um, didn't quit. I, I, I totally quit. All right. So um, <laughs> the no no no. So yeah, I'm still on Twitter. I don't really post a whole lot, but I'm there reading stuff at least. Okay. Okay. It's the algorithm is all messed up. I'm not seeing any RPG stuff anymore. It's very odd. Um, but anyway, I'm still there. You can still follow me. And yes, eventually, probably 
probably middle of this year. I've got some cr- a crazy next few months with work. Um, and then I did, I already registered my domain for Ooh. my website. So I got that. It's going to be, the goal is to write a, bo- it's going to be a board game reviews mm-hmm. and RPG reviews through a storied lens. So I'm going to write some straight up like very kind of, you know, this is me being all hoity-toity, very much like some New Yorker story kind of-esque uh, reviews about my experience playing games with my children oh, and different things cool. like that. So, yeah, that's the plan. And then to also do some really more scholastic style reviews of RPGs and stuff. So oh, nice. But, yeah, all eventually, right. like I said, I already got the domain registered. All right. Well, that's, that is step one. Uh, I will say that, you know, uh, Mo is still running our show and tell, which I know you're familiar with. When you're ready to launch, if you would like to uh, reach out to myself or Mo, I'm sure we could probably get you on that. All right. All right. And then for me again, I am on Blue Sky. I don't post there a lot. The best way to get hold of me is Discord. I still, I love our Discord community. I'm on there every day. And also Facebook. I don't like Facebook, but it works for what I need it to do for this show. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of me, those are probably the best ways on social. You can email me, of course, the RPG Academy at gmail.com. Going to a ton of conventions this year. I've already been to one, uh, River City Con. I'm going to be going to SensiCon, SinCityCon, Lexicon, uh, Origins, Gen Con, of course, Whoa. Catacon. We got, we got a bunch. Uh, so if you want to find me there, I'll probably will be running some stuff and certainly playing some stuff. Um, but Thomas, pleasure to have you back. Hopefully it won't be too long before we have you again. Uh, and we will sign off as we always do here at the RPG Academy and just remind you that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.